Now it's time for your hosts, the wonder twins of customer experience, Adam Toporek and Jeannie Walters. Jeannie, did you know I'm writing another book? Is it a tell-all about this podcast? <laughs> it is. And you know what the title is? Uh, what? Genie First. Yes! That's my favorite. <laughs> That's yes, all I've been asking for, Adam, this whole time. <laughs> That's all you've gotten this whole time. <laughs> oh. oh, boom. <laughs> you walked right into that one, man. I you, did. You, I you did. Ducked, you, you ducked the jab and caught the cross. Got to be yep. careful. Yep. Oh, Watch man. for the so, uh, Oprah interview after he releases the book. Um. <laughs> well, you know, what's, you know what's interesting? If you just change one word in the title of my new book, Genie First, you get Employees <laughs> First, which happens to be the title of the new book by our friend and friend of the show, Donna Cutting. And you know what? That sounds like a much better book. Let's face it. So the Genie First? Really? Yes. Okay. It really does. It really does. And probably more actionable. So <laughs> <laughs> yes. We, yeah, we have a great conversation to share today because I think we've talked about these issues before about how in order to deliver a great customer experience, you need great employees, you need happy employees, you need employees who understand their purpose and their role. But uh, Donna really approaches it in a way that's, um, that's really great for the times, I think. That's really about how these some of these really relevant issues that we're facing today and how to deal with them. So I'm excited about this one. No, I love it. And I mean, that's I think you hit the nail on the head, which is what Donna does is take, you know, concepts that at least the three of us have certainly been talking about for a while and but applies them right Mm -hmm. Uh, applies them to what's happening now to uh, the sea change, uh, you know, the the roiling seas of um, employment mm-hmm. and managing employees and uh, motivating teams and having purpose. And I think she just does a fantastic job, you know, taking these principles and, you know, helping companies understand how do we apply them today. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think we should just jump right in because Donna's a lot of fun, too. Let's do it. All right, let me tell you about our guest. Donna Cutting, CSP, is the founder and CEO of Red Carpet Learning, through which she helps organizational leaders create cultures of happy people who deliver exceptional customer service. She's been named one of the top 30 global gurus in customer service and in organizational culture, and is the author of two books on red carpet customer service. Her third book, Employees First, Inspire, engage, and focus on the heart of your organization helps leaders create a place where their internal customers want to work. It comes out in April and is available for pre-order right now. Donna is based in Asheville, North Carolina, and happily travels the country with her husband, Jim, and their two rescue shih tzus, Moxie and Tonks. Welcome, Donna. Donna, welcome back to Crack the Customer Code. We're so happy you're here with us. Thank you. You just can't get rid of me. I'm, I have so much fun with the two of you. I want to say welcome back to the next episode of Welcome Back Cutting. Oh. <laughs> Do you like that? Love uh, it. Uh, well, we are so happy to have you back, Donna. And, uh, you know, you have a new book. And, you know, this book, Employees First, couldn't be more timely. Back in 2021, obviously, we started facing the great resignation and things have just simply progressed from there. But I've got to assume, because I know how this book writing process works, you began writing this long before the great resignation began, right? So tell us what originally motivated you to focus on this topic of employees first. 
Yeah, it is, it's so true. This couldn't be more uh, timely, and I'm excited about that. I'm, I hope it's really helpful for people. Um, but you're right. This book has been percolating in my head for many years, and it, it just took a pandemic for me to sit down and <laughs> write it. Um, uh, but it's because I, you know, I'm known uh, for customer service, like the two of you, right? So people may have read my books on red carpet customer service. And, but I have always understood, as I know you do, that it all works together. You can't have great customer service without happy employees, and you can't have happy employees without really looking at your culture and creating a culture that supports a great employee experience. So for me, customer service is is not the only topic. You have to look at employee experience. You have to look at company culture. And I would go into uh, you know, with my custom, my customers, I'd go in uh, to do customer service training or per- perhaps create some curriculum for them and sit down with employees as part of the discovery process and start to hear, oh, you know, we got to really look at the employee experience first before we are ever going to get to uh, the red carpet customer experience. Mm-hmm. So so I've wanted to write it for a long time. And, and yeah, the, the pandemic as unfortunate as all of that has been, uh, gave me the opportunity to sit down and do that. Well, I think it's such an important connection. And, you know, we often talk about it. We often talk about how you need employees who are happy and know what they're doing. But we don't often kind of connect that to this bigger sense of purpose. And that's something you talk about in this book, about giving your team a sense of purpose. So I think we all agree, like, that sounds great, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, I'm in. <laughs> but how do you recommend organizations actually approach that? How do they actually do that for their employees? Well, and let me start by saying everyone feels purposeful about something, right? So mm-hmm. it's not so much about giving people a sense of purpose. It's about tapping into the sense of purpose that they already have. And, and I think even more so now that over the last, couple of years, we've been going through this collective values readjustment and people, so possible your potential employees, your current employees, are really starting to look at what gives my life meaning, you know, where do I really want to spend my time and attention. So so in order to tap into that sense of purpose, I think the first thing is every individual leader really getting back to why do I do what I do? Like, why do I work at this organization? What is it that drives me beyond profits? Because mm-hmm. if you're going to inspire team members to really have that sense of purpose, you've got to tap into your own sense of purpose. Uh, and then it's really about getting clear about what, the purpose of your organization is beyond profits and and getting crystal clear so that you can communicate that to people like this is the bigger thing the the bigger um way that you are making a profound difference in the world by working with us, with our organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and then start talking about what that is. Like, and do everything, you know, tell stories, um, 
one I know you two are both familiar with our favorite one of our favorite people Jesse Cole right mm-hmm. from the Savannah yeah. Bananas uh, for those who aren't uh, he they are they are actually the lead story in that chapter about about purpose and they uh, Jesse owns a, a baseball team in Savannah called the Savannah Bananas <laughs> and, yeah we've, we've um, actually had Jesse on the podcast yeah. so we'll make yeah, sure to link, I'm sure link to it. right yeah absolutely and so one of the things that they did. Uh, uh, is say like we really have to get clear on what is it we do besides like play baseball right right what is our real purpose they got really clear about that they have uh you know a several page document uh with their intention and their purpose and and their mission and all and their vision all of it and before they hire anyone they send that document to the candidate and say read this you know, if this excites you and you really want to be a part of it, then reach back out to us and we'll set up an interview. We'll put you through the interview process. So mm-hmm. really like getting clear about what is it that's going to excite people so that you can attract the people who, for whom that purpose is, um, you know, something they want to be a part of. For sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, when you talk about this purpose, and this is what's really interesting, because we've seen for a while now this uh, the search for purpose, right? But it's also um, you get into what your company does and how many people sort of have that natural purpose. And can you, I don't want to say convince, but can you get them to buy in to, uh, you know, something that they may never have thought was important? I mean, what if you just make paper plates? Right. I mean, that's not quite as uh, sexy as like, you know, saving the world or making a, um, you know, a medical device. Right. So when you're trying to find um, your team and people that can be a part of that culture, you know, how do you how do you sort of square that circle? How do you 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 talked about tapping into people's existing purposes? Uh, How do you recommend that companies find that connection when maybe it's, uh, you know, their product isn't something that's, you know, sort of known as like globally life-changing or something like that. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of different ways you can do that. One is it's really looking at how are people using those paper plates, right? So what is it, like, what is the experience that you are providing for people because they buy your paper plates, right? And telling stories around that. But also you can, let's say you have a product where you really, you rack your brain, you're just like, this is just a product. It's just a useful product, right? (laughs) Um, Then there's so many other ways that an organization can contribute to the world and make a positive difference. So what money are you donating to what organizations and how are you getting your employees involved in other organizations that make a difference in the world? Mm-hmm. Um, and that can also tap into, and I mean, there are statistics out there, and I'm not going to make any up on the spot for you right now. <laughs> oh, but come I know on. They're it's out okay. There. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Who will know, right? Um, but I know they're out there where it talks about particularly this up and coming generation, that one of the things they really care about is working for organizations that are making a positive difference in the world. So mm-hmm. honestly, if I were selling paper plates, I'd be looking at what kind of paper plates what are we doing to uh you know help the environment while how, how are you sor- how are you sourcing the paper yeah. bleaching exactly. them? Like, yeah, right. All, All exactly okay um yeah, yeah. Oh, 
Oh, sorry, Jenny, did you say something? No, I, I was just ah. agreeing with all of those things. And... Yeah, so was I. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, because this dovetails into what I wanted to ask you next. Because, um, you know, it's great to talk about uh, purpose and all this. And it is, we all know how important it is. And, and I love how you frame that. But one of the things we've been seeing for months now, um, you know, and I think one of your messages in Employees First is very relevant to it, is there's a big tension between management and workers about what is fair compensation, particularly for you know so-called entry-level jobs and you know jo- jobs that are um, less less developed or less far- further down the career path. Now, you you believe this is a bold statement, Donna. So you you got to you got to bring it. You believe organizations can compensate fairly without breaking the bank. So what's that look like? Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's interesting. If you read the book, actually, I say I'm probably not the person to answer that question. Um, you are you are today. Just like, just ask my bookkeeper. But here's what I've done. So first of all, let's start with this. I I believe. And, and I'm going to include myself in this statement that uh, individual, that leaders, that consultants, that we have all sort of rested on this idea that it doesn't matter how much you pay somebody as long as you appreciate them, right? As long as you create this great experience for them. I no longer believe that to be true. I believe it's both. It's not mm-hmm. either or, it's both. And the truth is that the conversation about a living wage, right? Um, that I that I shouldn't have to work three jobs to feed my family, right? Is not going away. So mm-hmm. it's not the only answer, but it is an answer. And so the way I, it is part of the 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 whole total experience. So the way that I frame this in the book is that I really encourage um, leaders to, to stop talking like that and start opening their mind to, um, to believing that there is an answer to that problem. And so what I've done is interviewed and brought people into the book that have come up with creative ways to better compensate their team to a bank who just you know 100 100% committed to giving a living wage and they've gotten really involved in the living wage uh, movement and they're bringing other companies on uh, to help them figure out how to do that to a senior living organization that looked at scheduling and they found ways for people to pay um, to to work 30 hours, but get paid for 40 hours uh, Mm. with some accountability, by the way. You know, they have to show up. They have to show up on time. They have to replace themselves if they can't be there. Um, You know, there are standards that go along with that, but it's working really, really well in that particular organization to a restaurant owner who realized you know, when his state mandated uh, that they go to $15 an hour and he realized he was going to be out of business in a few years if he did that, he sat down with his team, like his best servers, and said, look, here's the problem. I want to compensate you fairly. Let's come up with the way to do it that's going to work for both of us. And they came up with a commissions-based plan um, that, again, has accountability on both sides. And the servers are making more money than they ever have. And the restaurant's more, I mean, pre-COVID, the restaurant was more successful um, than they had ever been. And so my point in saying that is to just stop 
stop just saying we can't do it. There's no way. We have all learned through this pandemic that what we thought we couldn't accomplish, we actually could when push came to shove, right? <laughs> and so um, so I think this is the same thing we have to look at. Stop saying, you know, there's no way we could do it and really start listening to your team members um, and really, you know, put your put your best thinking caps on in terms of well how can we do it and i offer several suggestions uh of of the ways that other people have done that in the book yeah i really i really like how so much of that is focused on collaboration mm-hmm. on really like let's put our heads together and solve this problem together instead of making it an us versus them which is kind of where a lot of these things start. <laughs> um, and so I think those are great examples of collaborating for the benefit of everyone, including your customers, right? Because if you have happier employees who actually show up on time, that's going to help your customers too. So um, great examples there. And you know, as we've gone through all of these changes in the last several months, in the last couple of years, uh, remote work and hybrid work and all of those things are just it's a totally different ball game than it was in 2018, right? So how how do we kind of address that? And what do you think about how, how do companies continue to put employees first, even when we're far-flung and remote workers um, and looking at each other through screens? What, what are some of the ideas around keeping employees first there? Yeah, so I love that you brought that up, and especially as a uh, dovetailing on the the comment that you had about collaboration, because I think if there's one really clear message in Employees First, the book, it's that we've got to start listening to our employees. Um, and so that goes along with remote versus not remote as well. So, you know, uh, we have a group of people who love working remotely. They've left jobs, you know, that <laughs> haven't required them to come back. Um, and then I also have heard from people who say they can't wait to get back. They're tired of working remotely. And the, the key is that the future of work is going to be both, right? Mm-hmm. And it also opens up a lot of opportunities. So in some in some organizations, you can now work with a global workforce because you can do things remotely. Um, So there's a lot of opportunity that comes with remote work. And I think the key to like, do we lose something by not being together? I think that depends on your perspective. Uh, I personally always like to get together with people. Uh, but I also had a remote team at one time. We would get together like once or twice a year, and then all the rest of the time it was remote. And the key to kind of building that organizational culture with a remote workforce is intention, like mm-hmm. being very intentional about that. So, and I'll give you like the lead story in um, in one of the chapters that focuses on remote workforce is Galactic Fed. Uh, these two, the people, Galactic Fed marketing. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they are 
to me, the two people I interviewed were one of the two of the coolest people on the planet. And they have a um, completely remote team all over the world. So they've been very intentional about setting up systems, setting up activities, setting up ways that people can um, get to know each other. So not just, you know, beyond like Zoom activities, but actually pairing uh, employees together for just like coffee conversations. Hmm. And so they get to know each other that way. And then they see each other on Slack, you know, one of their communication tools, and they know that person a little bit, uh, a little bit deeper. And in some ways, I think the remote workforce has actually improved the employee experience. You're not mm-hmm. dealing with, you know, sometimes the lack of inclusion or the lack of respect or the, the bias that sometimes people come into the workplace with um, when you're, you know, just behind your mm-hmm. computer screen. So uh, there's pluses and minuses to both, I think. That's really interesting because, you know, the three of us here are all members of National Speakers Association. And I, uh, I'm i actually president of the Illinois chapter right now. And one of the things that we found was that when we had to go remote, suddenly, uh, we actually got great feedback from people who said, you know what, thank you for doing those. We do networking breakouts just before the actual event. And people were so grateful for those. And they said, I'm getting to know people in different ways. And so it was it was a really positive way to help people actually get to know each other better. Because otherwise, they might just come in and listen to the speaker and get their coffee and leave. <laughs> and right. this, this way, they really got to know each other because of that connection. So I think it's really interesting what we've all learned as we've experimented with these different ways of working together. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, getting back to uh, originally what you said, I I think the key is to listen. Like, Mm -hmm. what what are your team members saying about, you know, in-person versus remote? Listen, make it happen, and then collaborate together to figure out how to make it the best Mm -hmm. employee experience. Mm -hmm. Your employees are talking. The question is, are you listening? Well, we've been talking so much about change and so much about everything else. We're going to throw a curveball at you here, curveball. Donna. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming down the plate. Get ready. That's right, because we're we're asking all of our guests this season the same question here, and that is, you know, we've talked so much about what's changed, but what do you think won't change about customer experience in the future? I'm just taking a minute here. Yeah, I think- go for it. You know, I think more than ever, so go back to customer experience, right? To me, if you ask me, anytime you ask me, what's the definition of red carpet customer service? It's about making that person in front of you right now feel important and feel Mm -hmm. significant. And I don't think that's changed at all. As a matter of fact, I think we need that more than ever. We need that presence. We need that connection. We need to know that somebody has our back and is doing everything they can to create a great experience for us. And uh, I I don't think that's changed. If it's changed at all, it's that we need it more now than ever. Ah. Great answer. What a great answer. I love it. Uh, Well, Donna, this has been an absolute pleasure. We are putting you first because you are wonderful. (laughs) And thank you so much for being back on. Congratulations on the book. And of course, how can people find you and find the book? 
Thank you for asking. I've loved being with you as well. And uh, yes, yeah, so they can find me on redcarpetlearning.com and, you know, social, all the social places. And then the book, Employees First, actually launches on April 1st. So that will be available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. Uh, very, very excited uh, as we go as I go into the launch right now. So exciting. And we're so excited for you. We can't wait to read the book. And we can't wait to have you on the show again. Because why not? This is what we do. <laughs> so thank <laughs> you so much for being here, Donna. It was just a pleasure. My pleasure, too. Thank you, both of you. Thank you, Donna. Take care. So I think it's so interesting because when we think about kind of that employee-customer relationship, I think in the past, a lot of that was focused on kind of the very traditional, like, frontline worker cashier type situation. And now we have to think so much bigger about the whole relationship. And there are certain leaders who really are for the first time grappling with like, how do I deliver an internal experience for our employees that will help them stay with us, help them live our mission, help them, you know, connect with our purpose, everything. And they have to do that remotely or through hybrid or through all these other models that we have now. And I just love that all of this really connects to purpose. That's what gets me going. Well, that and for me, I think the you know the uh, the missing piece in the puzzle that Donna addressed, but it's still a missing piece executionally for everyone that that you know, that everyone has to try to figure out is finding how that our corporate or organizational purpose leads to fulfillment mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. the employee, right? Exactly. How 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 to get those two things joined and aligned, and that is um, no easy feat depending on, you know, as we talked about some examples, right, of Mm -hmm. the industry where it's just not sort of a naturally like inspiring um, product or whatever it may be. Um, You know, finding those connections is super important nowadays. And, you know, these, um, you know, the younger workers particularly, but, you know, across all spectrums are really looking for that and in some cases demanding it. Yeah, well, we all want a purpose, right? Like, <laughs> I have mine. Genie first. What? I mean, what other right. purpose do I need? Thank you. That's our new mission statement, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be literally on the website now, y'all. <laughs> uh, well, you know who we put first, Adam? I'm guessing it's our listeners. It's our listeners. Very Boom. good. You passed the test. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you so much. All of you out there, our listeners, we do put you first. So thank you for listening to Crack the Customer Code. Crack the Customer Code is a proud member of C-Suite Radio. So be sure to check out all the great content at csuiteradio.com and csuitetv.com. I'm Jeannie Walters. Come and chat with me at experienceinvestigators.com. And I'm Adam Topork, and you can connect with me at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.